Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh. Browning, brunning, bruning. Pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Bruning. I am joined today by my co-host, Dennis Bennett, Matthew Fox, and Tony Dyer. We are brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. You can find us and a ton of other great podcasts, including ones on movies, music, pop culture, and, of course, other fantasy football podcasts on the MusicCityDriveIn.com website. ton of great guys over there. A lot of fun. We have podcasts for everything you're looking for. Go check it out. Uh, it is a work in progress. We are building this bad boy up, and it has been a lot of fun, and we want to get you guys on board with us. For today, we are going to talk about our Listener League redraft and then discuss kind of some of the picks, some of the steals, uh, values, uh, overdrafted picks, and what whatnot for everybody getting ready for your redraft leagues as we are getting into redraft season, baby. It is August 13th. We've got a couple more weeks, I believe four weeks from today before the NFL season kicks off with the Chiefs and the Texans. Everybody getting ready for the draft, so we give you guys our thoughts on how this draft played out. All right, and we are live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. We've got the whole crew with us today on this Thursday. We're going to be talking about redrafts. We've got a redraft we did uh, with our listener league that we will pull up and just kind of discuss it, talk about some of the interesting picks, steals, um, I forgot the other word, uh, reaches, stuff like that, and just kind of give our general thoughts on redrafts as everybody will be getting into the redraft season here soon. I know I've got my home one coming up in just a couple weeks, which I might ask you guys a couple questions about that as well. But before we get into talking about redrafts, how are you guys doing today? Well, aside from coming up on the end of my vacation after this weekend, I guess I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay, too. You know, uh, this is Thursdays or my Friday since I work on Sundays. And this week I only had five days, unlike last week, which was a six-day work week, and next week, which is a six-day work week. So, yeah, I, I guess this is my light stretch. I'm doing good, too. And I've got some technical difficulties. I've got a lot of things going on, so my camera's not available. Um, so if you're watching good on YouTube or, or Twitter, yeah, good for you guys. I'm not available there. I'm sorry about that, guys. But... No, I'm, I'm doing well. Everything's going great in life, and I, I can't complain. I mean, a lot of people have things a lot worse than I do right now, so I'm cool. Yeah, I guess I should uh, – we should mention this because last time we were on air, I did say that I did not think the Big Ten season was going to get canceled. It happened, so uh, that is why yeah. my tagline is there. Uh, Big Ten and Pac-12 have both uh, – or not. I'm sorry, not canceled. 
postponed until spring. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. I don't really want to talk much about it today. If I'm going to be honest, it's still kind of, still kind of heartbroken about it. No, I'm not handling it well, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously there's still talk that big 12 sec and ACC may still play a lot of stuff still up in the air. I did, I did see a little interview with Ryan day yesterday, actually, uh, where he said he's actually pushing to try and get the season in between January and February uh, to give the players enough time to come back for fall. So I guess if that happens, like a five game season, no, eight, like they're, they'll have eight game season or seven game season, whatever it is uh, for throughout January and February, possibly starting December so that they can have their guys come back and play. That would be going into the NFL draft. I mean, well, I don't know if it's possible. It's something he brought up. I think it's his attempt to try and, you know, keep guys like Fields, Sean Wade, uh, Browning, a lot of those guys – or Browner, I'm sorry. A lot of those guys that kind of came back uh, this year or some of the guys that were seniors, like Sean Wade could have gone into draft. Same with Browner, those guys, and Justin Fields. You know, Kind of sucks to be one of the best quarterbacks I think Ohio State's ever had, and we get him for one season and for him to get kind of taken off the field. The way he did against Clemson sucks. But like I said, I guess that is kind of life that we live in in 2020, unfortunately. It's just been my favorite year since I've been alive. So – Let's talk about the redraft. Uh, I'm going to have the draft board pulled up here. At times, you will see all of us disappear. I'm going to kind of throw it up on the full screen uh, just so we can kind of get a better look at it. I don't know what it looks like if you're watching. It's kind of hard, I know, for some of us to see it. And I've got great vision, so I'm told. So it's even hard for me to see at times. Uh, But Dennis was not a part of this. So before we go in and break it down, Dennis, uh, I know you had a chance to look at it. Do you want to give us kind of your overall thoughts on this draft? And then we'll jump in and kind of go – round by round and talk about some of these picks. Well, the biggest thing that jumped out at me was three quarterbacks going at one, two, and three. Um, On top of that, the quarterback at two uh, was a bit of a stunner. Uh, As we found out, as somebody newer to the fantasy football world, and, and they picked players, I guess, that they were comfortable with. In total, the team doesn't look too bad, but going Tom Brady at the 102, um, clearly it's not something. I'm sure Jonathan sitting at 104 could not have been happier to get Christian McCaffrey at 104 uh, and Jacob Throneberry at 105 getting Saquon Barkley. You know, those are the kind of picks uh, experienced players dream about getting when you're, you know, at three, four, five in the draft. For a 14-teamer, 15 quarterbacks in the first three rounds, uh, there was uh, really just one one uh, manager that waited on a quarterback until the sixth round. A um, couple nice runs of running backs, uh, quarterbacks, obviously. Not a lot of wide receivers through the first three rounds, which, um, you know, the – Conventional wisdom right now is wait on wide receivers because it's a deeper position. And that that played pretty true uh, in this draft. Sorry, I wasn't sure that was uh, what you ran in. All right, so I'm going to throw it up here so it might be a little bit easier to see. So as Dennis mentioned there, Patrick Mahomes, not surprising. This is a super flex draft. Uh, so obviously QB is a little bit more um, important for the most part uh, in these drafts. I don't think it was that 
I, I've seen him go plenty of times at one one. Does anybody really have an issue with that? Would you guys go a different route if you had one one in a superflex draft? My one one would be Lamar Jackson because of the rushing floor, but I don't I don't I'm not my one two would be Patrick Mahomes, so I'm not gonna be mad at anybody for either of those picks. I'd still be in the weight on quarterback and I'd 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 be going McCaffrey at one. I had a super flex uh, draft earlier where I was one one, and I am pretty sure I took McCaffrey. Good for you. Yes, I'm, I'm torn on that strategy. I really think I, I think I'd kind of be with uh, with you guys and, and just kind of hold off. Like I know Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are. Uh, they're both going to be separators, I guess. But I have a very different strategy, and I'll save that because I, I attacked that there at the 14 spot with both of my picks. Um, so we'll, we'll work our way there. Dennis mentioned Tom Brady. Uh, he was the picket, too. That kind of stunned all of us. Again, she, she's new to fantasy football. I believe she's a Tom Brady fan as well because I know she was mentioning how happy she was to grab him and Gronk in the chat, or maybe she's a Patriots fan. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously – uh, you know, something we just talked about when you're somewhat newer to drafting and being in a fantasy football league and you have favorite players, there's nothing wrong with going out and grabbing them. I, I do it all the time. So I was pissed when someone fucking took Baker Mayfield in front of me, assholes. I mean, all my <laughs> yeah, wait, wait till we get to the fourth round and we'll see. Oh, I know. I did, that, I did that on spite. As soon as Baker went, I was like, you know what? F everybody. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that. It'll be interesting. I, I mean, outside of that Tom Brady pick, I think uh, she's got a really good team, which we'll kind of get into in a minute. Lamar Jackson went three. Again, I mean, I guess it's easy for me to say is I do have him lower in my ranks than everybody else. I, I just – I'd rather go somewhere else. And then as Dennis mentioned, yeah, getting Christian McCaffrey at four, then Barkley – Kamara, Zeke, I would have, I would, Kamara should have been at the end of that run for me. I'd have gone Zeke, then Dalvin Cook. What about you guys? How, how do those running backs kind of rank out for you? I think everybody really has it easily. CMC Barkley is one, two. Uh, do you have an issue going Kamara over Zeke Cook? Would you take one of the others? How, how would you guys have attacked that spot there? Yeah, I was at the 108, and Dalvin Cook fell all the way there. And I was, I was in a position where I had to, I had to make a decision between uh, the last of what I thought was top end the tier one running back or the first of the tier one wide receiver no wide receiver had been drafted i was looking at michael thomas you know and i was really thinking man in a ppr league it's it's kind of nice to have michael thomas but the truth is i would put dalvin cook the, the reason that he fell to eight is because of the talk about holdout and to be honest with you i, f- I felt like he may even opt out like i thought that was a realistic outcome for dalvin cook where he wasn't happy with his contract he knew he had another year the team's already different than they were last year. So why wouldn't Dalvin Cook show up to camp and be like, yeah, guys, I want to be here, but I'm not getting paid enough money and I'm worried about the virus. That's the reason why he fell. That's what I'm saying. Had none of that happened, Dalvin Cook would have been the third running back drafted. So for me, it was McCaffrey, Barkley, Cook, and then I would take Elliott over Kamara, but then we're splitting hairs there. I mean, th- th- I guess that's the conversation. Is it Elliott or Kamara? Which I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say Cook fell because of those reasons because we specifically did not start drafting until post-opt-out date. He had already reported to camp. We wanted to make sure nobody got caught in any kind of weird situation. We wouldn't start until we started the day after the opt-out deadline. And I, I agree. I think that's fair. I think that's really fair. And I'm, I'm really, really glad that we did it that way, but the stigma still exists. Like, But not it, it everybody lingers. feels about Cook the same way you do. I wouldn't have taken him. <laughs> 
Okay. Yes, and if you'd let him drop to nine, I wouldn't have taken him. So. Okay. Yes, I, that, that is a personal bias. Okay. Now, for me, I, Cook falls, in my opinion, because of his injury history. Uh, it's the top three are clearly, in my opinion, McCaffrey, Barkley, and Elliott. Um, and then there's, there's, to me, there's a tear break after Barkley, and then there's a step down from Elliott to Kamara and Cook. And the, the where you're splitting hairs is with Cook and Kamara. I don't think Kamara has a high rushing floor, 700, 800 yards. He's not going to get the, the carries. He's going to get his 81 receptions. Cook, on the other hand, could get those receptions and has the rushing floor, but he's already been injured two or three times over the course of his college and pro career. And so I do think there's hesitation there. Elliot, I, I think he's probably, he may lose receptions this year. They, they have a great receiving core. So there may be a little tick down there, but he's going to have wide open spaces to run in with that wide receiver core opening up the field. So I, I would have, I would have clearly went Elliot as the third running back. I, as far as the five of them, people make – there's – after McCaffrey and Barkley, the other three are interchangeable based on personal opinion for most people. A lot of people love Kamara, think he's, think he's the clear three. People love Cook, think he's the clear three. There, there's it, – it's just a preference is, is all it really is. And for me, that would have been Elliot. Thomas and Adams, they are the – top tier of wide receivers. Uh, I think it's probably a 70-30 split as to who goes first. Thomas goes typically before Adams. But there's a there's a, a substantial number of people, 30% or so, I think that, that will go Adams over Thomas. Maybe it's just to be different. Maybe it's uh, just to be contrarian. So it's not a terrible uh, pick by any stretch of the imagination. I will say, uh, Drew, who was pick uh, six, who took Kamara, diehard Eagles fan, so that might have swayed him taking Kamara over uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I think for me, I, I still would have had Zeke first. And again, I mean, just you go, we, we talked about this uh, probably a month ago now. We did our rankings. I had it, you know, CMC, Barkley, Zeke, Cook, Kamara. I'm just, as Dennis mentioned, I'm, I'm kind of with him. I don't see the rushing upside with Kamara. Even though Cook has an injury history, I mean, the dude was an absolute baller last year. If you can get him healthy, uh, I mean, he's a steal at 1-8. He really is because he's going to be one of those top three or four backs. So I, I would have taken both those guys over Kamara. Again, I can see that, although... I mean, I say don't draft with your heart, even though I do it all the time. I mean, I draft Ravens all players. All the win. time. I do. Well, I don't draft Steelers players, except for Juju, because I love Juju. All right, so at, um, at one, what is that, one nine, that's where Matt was up. You took Michael Thomas. Uh, I'm assuming it wasn't even really a debate for you. It was just clear, I'm going Michael Thomas, no debate with Adams or anybody else. Uh, no, I, I mean, of the receivers, I was going to take Michael Thomas there. Had uh, Tony taken Michael Thomas, I probably would have taken Adams. And I was going to take Thomas. I, I really thought long and hard I about thought, that. I thought, I thought so much. I was like, I really want Michael Thomas. Tony is 100% going to take him. And when he put, posted Cook, I was like, God bless you. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thank All you. right. So, 
after that went Devontae Adams. This was an interesting one to me. And, uh, I mean, they kind of talked about it in the chat that they were going to go heavy quarterback. But Russell Wilson, and I guess I got to ask this because I clearly did not do my research before this draft as it was pointed out to me as I mentioned some things in the chat. Uh, is this tight end premium as well? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a half point tight end premium. I didn't do my research, so I did not know that. Imagine um, so, you were the it. one that suggested tight end premium. It was your idea, Dang. Matt. Well, that makes me feel better. <laughs> he's married. He's not used to having his opinions listened to. Exactly. Um, oh. so I got a, you got Travis Kelsey that went there next, which was, which was an, I guess, now not necessarily an interesting pick to me because uh, – or uh, yeah, it makes sense now that I know it's tight end premium. That's why I was asking. Uh, then Derrick Henry, which I'm very glad that he went Derrick Henry there because I was hoping that the next two guys would fall to me, which were Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. I mentioned uh, I had a strategy going into this. Oh, man, there's a mosquito, and it got away from me. Um, I- I'm going heavy on running back early this year if I can. I would really like to try and get two of my top 15 guys if possible I just think that this is going to be a weird year. Running back is not nearly as deep as we kind of talked about it being last year. Uh, I also kind of want to diversify myself in backfields because I am worried if, say, a Nick Chubb test positive for COVID, that that could also knock out Kareem Hunt, uh, Dontrell Hilliard, and other players that were all in the room with them based on contact tracing. So I am trying to mix up my players. I'm not trying to keep as many. I'm not worried about having my backups and all this. I'm trying to diversify as much as I can. So for me, I got Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon, who are both the guys I was targeting here at 14. I, I was thrilled with that start. I got two, in my opinion, top five running backs to a kind of anchor, or I guess six, seven, I think is where I had them. Uh, anchor my, my running back backfield, and I could kind of pivot from that. Uh, your guys' thoughts on that? I think at the 14th and 15th picks, getting Chubb and Mixon uh, are great. Uh, it's great value. Um in the the concern with Chubb, I think this year is that he's not going to get anything in the passing game, but he could very well rush for seventeen or eighteen hundred yards. Uh, like I had said uh, uh, on an earlier show, the uh, the Vikings ran the ball last year under Stefanski about eighty times more than the Browns did, and so I expect the Browns' rushing attempts to go up. And while I like Kareem Hunt as a player, um, I think you give the ball to Nick Chubb every chance you can. And so Chubb is going to be, you know, around the 300 carry mark, maybe 325 carries. Uh, and he's going to he, he's going to do some damage there. Mixon is a great all around back. Uh, you know, he hasn't he's there have been a lot of challenges in Cincinnati during his time there with piss-poor coaching and injuries, uh, some quarterback play issues. So hopefully with the second year under Zach Taylor, uh, it could be challenging with a rookie quarterback, but they're going to have to put Burrow in there and let him play. So it could be a big year for Mixon, could be a career year for him at this point. Yeah, I like your Chubb pick anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not a fan of Mixon. All right, so continuing in the second round, um, so I'll ask you guys this because, again, I don't want to go through every single pick, but I did find this interesting. So it is tight end premium, and he goes uh, here at, what is that, the 11th spot, 12th spot, 12th spot? 
so he took Travis Kelsey in the first round and then George Kittle in the second. I understand it's tied in premium, but for me, I kind of feel like you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit there because now you're using your tight end. You're likely throwing hit Kittle into a flex spot. I don't think both those guys are going to have – they're obviously going to have good years. They're going to be the top tight ends on the board. Having the tight end premium does give them a little bit of a bump, but I also don't see them having high-end weeks like some of the guys that went by, like a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could have, a Miles Sanders, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, like – I would much rather have had one of those guys in my second flex spot than a George Kittle on a tight end premium bonus. That That's just my opinion. What are your guys' thoughts on doubling up on tight ends in a tight end premium? Well, I disagree with you on part of what you said. I would rather have George Kittle than DeAndre Hopkins. I would rather have George Kittle than Miles Sanders. George Kittle's role is guaranteed. And I agree with your point, initial point that like to, to draft two tight ends, one and two, I mean, that takes a big old sack. Like, let's just call that what it is. I mean, this guy put like, – he put all the cards on the table immediately. I, I got to give him credit for that. I'm worried – I'm worried, like you said, that he may have sacrificed too much of his starting lineup for that flex player. But at the same time, he's got the right two tight ends to do it with. Like, if you're going to do it with two tight ends, it's got to be Kelsey and Kittle, Like, right? I mean – both well, of those players are a focal point of their offense. Kittle is – both of those guys got paid huge contracts today. They're right. both the focal point. I mean, that's just coincidence, but, I mean – So, am I, 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 I Go ahead, sorry. No, no, I just I just really think that part of me says that that, that that strategy is completely insane. I'm with you. But the other part of me says, well, to hell with it. It's about fantasy points. The most fantasy points wins. And Kelsey and Kittle, you're locking up two of the best tight ends. You're depriving the rest of the league of two tight ends. That's that's something that I've talked about before is when you can get a positional advantage. I mean, David has a positional advantage. Every week he has the best tight end, period. Right. Well, so tight end two and the tight end three. Yeah, to that's right. I got the tight end one so that I would be Dennis. Exactly. So that's the point I was going to make. So, Jonathan, yes, somewhat. I do agree. Wait on tight end, but don't do dart throws, buddy. Gra- grab somebody good. You're you're the reigning champion. You know that. Uh, again, may- maybe this is a little hindsight 2020-ish, Tony, but to kind of counter what you're saying, I agree with, with the most part of what you're saying here. But if you take Ke- Kelsey and then, okay, say in the second round, if you say you'd rather have, like, you Julio or – Clyde I would rather have Julio. I would rather have Julio. I'm not saying that I would do this, but I'm just saying the more I would I think rather about have it, the more Julio I like it. If that was an exactly, but that's my point. Is like you could grab a guy like Julio there, and then you look at, and again, you don't know this is going to happen, so I, I can understand you can say the hindsight 2020 thing, but then three other tight ends were all top five, didn't go for two more rounds, so you yeah. could have started with a Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, and then a Mark Andrews or Zach Ertz or Derek. That's Looking, just as good, in my opinion, because now your team is better overall having a Julio Jones or a Clyde Edwards Hilaire there compared to a George Kittle, who, again, you're right, he is established in his role, but we also saw at times last year when San Francisco went as run heavy as they did, he was only putting up five or six points. So, okay, in a tight end premium, yeah, that goes up to maybe eight or nine, where Julio is consistently getting you 13, 14 points a week. Well, that's, that's my argument. Some people that's, that's a good are argument. still in that uh, 
some people are still on the Scott Fishbowl mindset because I saw a lot of people start tight end, tight end because of the tight end premium and Scott Fishbowl. Well, I think too that even what, even what gets still. lost a little bit here is, is that it's a 14 team and not a 12 team. So in a, if you're in that 12 team mindset, it's easy to go, well, I got Kelsey at 12. That's great. And then you're going to get Kittle. Kittle's going to go somewhere around where, let's see, it would be 2627 instead of uh, 2829, 210. So, because Kittle was typically going towards the second half of the second round. So, when you have four running backs that would normally be in the, the second round, go between the 112 and the 2-3, I, I think you can justify it a little bit as saying, well, I know I can start both of these guys every week. Um, with Debo out, I do think Kittle is going to – he's going to be the – much like Andrews, Kittle is the top receiver on that team. There could be an IU breakout. Debo could come back strong. The, the challenge for me with San Francisco is, like Tony mentioned, there are times when the passing volume in that offense gets really, really low, and that could be concerning. Uh, I don't hate going to double tight I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you. Here's the problem that I have with the going Kelsey and Kittle. Everything that you said is perfectly valid. So you could take – let's say you took Kelsey – I mean, I'm sorry. Let's say you took Kittle at 112. Julio Jones at 2-3. So, Kittle, first-round pick. That wouldn't be crazy. Jones, and then Ertz was there. I mean, there are other tight ends. If you wanted to stack those tight ends and get that tight end premium, there are plenty of other tight ends that went in the fourth round. That's my hesitation with this. So, I want to get this out. I want to get out ahead of that and say that I don't love the idea of Kelsey Kittle. The, it was interesting to me because they do both get the points. I do think there was a better way of doing it. That's all. I, I, well, and it's easy to look at it in hindsight and go, well, look yeah, at these guys that went in the course. fourth. When you're sitting there at 2-3 and you're going, this is tight end premium. I can own this position because I know in the next two rounds, Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, and Waller are going to go, and I'm going to be looking at, at in the fourth round if I want to number another top tight end i'm looking at hunter henry or evan ingram and i don't want to go there i, I want the top two in well, my david david owns the position he he did buy the position he did his job well maybe he can trade with the guy who has all the quarterbacks maybe maybe <laughs> yeah i don't um i'm gonna come back to this because i just thought about something i want to look up real quick to ask your guys questions so we'll move on we saw a couple quarterbacks go here kind of what you'd expect in a super flex draft you're gonna see a lot of quarterbacks go a uh, little three run quarterback run here matt you ended up taking Dak. uh was that just because he kind of fell to you and and we'd already seen at this point what six quarterbacks go five yeah six quarterbacks had gone by the point it got to you in the second round was that something you just you kind of wanted to attack quarterback at that point because the tiers were running out for high guys or why did you go Dak there um I had planned to get a quarterback in the second because you know it being super flex on 14 teams uh you know I knew even just having two quality starters becomes more of a challenge so I was going to take one Dak is the quarterback I have as quarterback three so the fact that he was there after a bunch had My gone man. uh made it easier for me 
All right, so to the tight end discussion, because I was trying to pull up this uh, scoring. Because obviously, Scott Fishbowl, you get a little bit more extra points with the tight end premium and other stuff going on. I think he catches first downs, all that other stuff. But just to kind of point out why I, I don't want to dog on anybody's strategy. I guess why I would not have gone Kelsey Kittle is that looking at the scoring. So Kelsey did. He finishes number five all, all together in scoring and Scott Fishbowl scoring with the tight end premium scorings on there. George Kittle finished at 26. Again, wow. I know he's the top tight end, but he doesn't put up the points that people think. He's very consistent. He's going to get you points every week. But I guarantee because of the run-heavy offense that they run, he doesn't get as many points as people think he does. When you go down and you look at there was like four tight ends that went ahead of him, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz, Mark Andrews. like Those guys you know you can get later. Even in tight end premium drafts, they're not going. Their ADPs are fourth and fifth round. So that's for me why I would have skipped on George Kittle and taken a guy like Julio Jones who finished way ahead of him in these scoring formats. And and that's why I would just avoid doing that. I get you're, you're winning that position every single week. But the, at the same time of you doing that and not taking a Julio Jones there, in my opinion, that's why you take Amari Cooper there in the third round. And then you had to take a quarterback because of the quarterback run that was happening. And all of a sudden, now you're relying on DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers as your running backs, which in my opinion is not great. It's just not. So you're you're hurting yourself more at a position, at multiple positions in my opinion, doing that because you're relying on Amari Cooper and A.J. Brown now to be your top wide receivers, which in my opinion is not great. I don't think any of us had either one of those guys in the top 12. We had both of them, I think, in the top 20, but none of us had them in the top 12. So now right. you're relying on two possible top 20 guys to be your top wide receivers. Well, well shoot, you, know, you didn't even have Amari Cooper on your first draft at all. deserve to be ranked, that's why. So that, that's <laughs> – that's that's my argument against doing it is I think you're yes, you're winning one position, but I think you're really hurting yourself almost everywhere else, especially in a 14 team league. Like I kind of see where Dennis was going in the 12 team league thing like 12 team. OK, because you're going to have a couple of players here fall because of this. But in a 14 teamer, you're taking away two picks every single round now from you. And I think that really kind of hurts the strategy. So anybody else have anything else they want to say on that or should we move on? No, we, uh, we can stop picking on David. All right, so uh, interesting ones for me, I guess. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Miles, uh, Miles Sanders, and, and Kenyon Drake all go there in the second round. Um, I guess everybody is high on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I, the, only thing, the only thing that I'm confused about with Edwards-Hilaire is why he didn't go 104. I'm telling you what, I got you guys. And, and Matt, if yeah. you want to talk shit, that's fine. I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool. I'll take it. I'm cool with that. Talk all the shit you want to, because 16 weeks from now, I'll be talking to you about how Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is like RB4, RB5. We're talking about a PPR league here, guys. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's the only rookie running back. Now, listen, listen, listen. I love Jonathan Taylor. I'm a Colts fan, right? And I think Taylor's going to grow and become some incredible monster. Like, I believe that. I believe that. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has no competition for touches. He's going to get the rushing work. Well, we, and we we saw at LSU when he did have competition for touches, he didn't get to play much. Well, he's not going to have competition for touches. He was a first-round pick. He's he's mobile. He can catch the ball. I mean, he's the guy. You, that, you didn't know Mahomes played with DeAndre Washington in college? What, no, I guess I didn't pay enough attention to that. Yeah. But, Washington had a 1,400-yard rushing season with, I think, 50 receptions or something like that. 
DeAndre Washington is going to end up being a sneaky value. He's a guy that came in and took over for Jacobs when he was injured, and rookie running backs are not great at picking up the blitz. I would bet that he ends up out there. Fox, on average, you know this, there's two every year that we have two rookie running backs in the top 12 every year. That's how it works. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fell to me at the 207 in a 14-team league. I would have drafted him at the back end of the first round of a 10-team league. I mean, and I, maybe this is one of those things where the season has to go on and we have to see. But everybody in Kansas City wanted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He should not have been the first running back drafted. He shouldn't have been. We all agreed before, before the draft that there were better running backs, but he was the first one drafted, and that was for a purpose. And so you know what? I'm cool with it. I, I feel like I've got a diamond. In, I mean, come on. I don't want to say a diamond in the rough because he's not even in the rough. Like, I got Dalvin Cook and Clint Edwards-Hilaire in my first two picks in a 14-team league. Guys, I've, I'm stable at, at that position. I'm good to go at the most valuable position, and they both can catch the ball. Like, I don't understand. Does somebody doubt? Are you guys saying you doubt Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I don't doubt him. I don't think he finishes top five, like you just said. There's no way. Oh, last, last season, the highest uh, rookie RB in PPR was Miles Sanders at RB 13. I, I, get, I think Philip Lindsay was RB 12 the year before that. He was the highest. So this whole two finish top 12 every year, I think, is an exaggeration. I, I get I, I believe, and I want to. I'll, I'll look it up, and we'll we'll follow up afterwards in the in the group text. But I really do believe that that on average there are two top twelve running backs every year that are rookies. Like, I really believe that. I know. So I I'll know look it right. up. I'm willing to be wrong. We will, we will make fun of your team, Dennis, or, or not Dennis, Jonathan. We'll talk about. It. Um. So the one thing I'll say on Edwards Hilaire, so we can move on real quick. Uh, is we spent 30 minutes on like the first two rounds here. We're not going to be able to get through yeah. all 18. Yeah, um, I work. don't disagree with you, Tony. The one thing I will say on why they drafted him is he fits that system. Like, I'll be honest, if Jonathan Taylor would have gotten drafted by the Chiefs, I would not like him as much as I do going to the Colts. I think he fits the Colts system so well. And I think that was a great landing spot for him. I think Edwards Hilaire fits well into the Chiefs system. I know people are going to argue with this, but the one thing I'll say is, even when Kareem Hunt came out and showed what he did, yes, he led the league in rushing that year with the Chiefs. He still was not out there every single play. He was not getting as much run as people thought he should have been getting. I know Andy. everybody will say, well, Andy Reid's never had a back like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm also going to say I don't think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is quite as good as everybody thinks he is when they saw LSU. Nick Brosette started the year before. Like, Nick Brosette is not in the league anymore, Nick Brosette. Like, I – Edward Hilaire is very good, and I think he will likely be a top 13 back. I don't think he's going – I think Miles Sanders scores higher than him this year. So that that was my only argument. I would have gone Sanders. I think Sanders finishes higher. That That's that's my only thing. That's fair enough. I think the opportunity of that most high-powered offense gives him the edge. And now that he doesn't have competition for targets or – I guess targets, he does have competition for targets. But – yeah. With Damian with Damian Williams being out, I mean, there's not a guy there that's going to step up. Damian Williams was arguably the Super Bowl MVP. He's not playing anymore. So, for I me, 
there's player. so much I, I, upside. I don't think he's going to be the only guy. For but. me, it's about upside. I, I thought Edward Hilaire had the most upside. That's what I was trying to say. That's all. I, I mean, I don't hate the pick. Uh, I, I was, you know, to get him at RB7, eight, what is that, RB9, um, I think is probably fair value for him. RB10, actually. So, yeah, it's, it's fair value. I think 10, unless I counted wrong. I'd have no, taken him over Derrick I, Henry. I was shocked that you didn't take him, Matt. I mean, I, mean, I was shocked. I was shocked you didn't take him. Because here's my thing, and I, I said it before, I don't have him that high. I, I'm going strictly off how I think my 2020 season is going to go, and I have both Chubb and Mixon right there in the 6-7 to seven range. And so I'm taking both those guys. They're both going to be top 6-7 to seven in my opinion. Like I know, as, as Dennis mentioned, Nick Chubb's not going to get the receiving work that maybe like Hilaire is going to get, but I think Chubb is a 10 times better runner. And he's in a system that fits him. Like my other fear with Edward Hilaire, and then I really do want to move on from him. Uh, is oh my God. He's not, I don't think he's going to get the rushing work. Some think he does. That's a very pass heavy offense. And it's going to be hard for him to rush for a 20 rushes or whatever. When Patrick Mahomes is throwing it 30, 40 times a game, or when he throws one ball to Tyree kill, who then runs down the field and scores. I agree. With and you. Edward, I agree with Edward just went and did nothing that entire drive. Like I think, Everybody says, hey, he's in this explosive offense. He's going to put up points. There's also a lot of other really good weapons in that offense. That doesn't mean Edward Solaire is going to put up points. They just keep saying, hey, Kareem Hunt did it, so he's going to do it. I, I just can't make that correlation. I've got to see it, so I'm not going to – I'm just not as big a believer in him as others are. That That's my only thing on him. I don't think it's a bad hey. – go ahead. Look, Tony, I will just say I loved your pick because it allowed me to get a running back I like much better in the third uh, round. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Who was it? Aaron Jones. We'll get to there. We're we're making our way there. So one thing I will say, um, I love great great grabs here on Hopkins and Julio Jones as well. There in the second round, I mean to see those two studs fall there, I'd, I'd taken both of them. Um, Would have taken Chris Godwin there over Tyree Kill, but not a really big argument. Uh, Hill finishes out the second round. Um, Eckler, I would have taken Eckler over Kenyon Drake. Uh, he falls into the third round. Trying to see here, so Godwin. Well, I, I think Kanan, Kanan at the one hundred and one, could have been influenced by having Mahomes. So stacking Mahomes with Tyree Kill, yeah, you know that's, that, that's a, a you know as much as I like Godwin, I, I don't hate that stack and, and taking him over Godwin just because you know there's going to be a ton of explosiveness yes. in that. Some people. Some people have Hill higher too. I yeah, mean, they're relatively I, I wouldn't close have been among surprised people. to see Hill go early second round. Well, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the double up here because they're the pairings. I love doing that. I try to do that every single. I got fucking sniped on every single one of the guys I was trying to double up with my quarterback, so I did not get any of that in this draft. Uh, but an interesting one with Jonathan's team. He mentioned here that we can pick up, pick on his team. I will here for a second because I honestly loved his draft. I think he did a great job. The one thing I'm curious on to get your guys' opinions is he got so he grabbed Matt Ryan and he had the double up there with Julio. Then he also goes Calvin Ridley, and I kind of feel like that's um you're buying way too much into the Atlanta offense. I do think they're going to throw the ball a lot, but we I don't remember many games where we saw Julio and Calvin Ridley have good games, and I think I kind of would have separated myself a little bit more there. Maybe have gone a Robert Woods Cooper Cup or even Adam Thielen, who all went behind him. Uh, your guys' thoughts on him doing that, getting the Julio and Calvin Ridley to pair with Matt Ryan? Well, I think who, uh, Ridley is establishing himself as a, as a high-end wide receiver, too. Uh, the, that team is going to – that offense is going to run through Julio. 
the danger you have is in any given week, if they shit the bed, you have three players that uh, could give you virtually nothing. And if it happens, you know, two or three times in a season, that could be what costs you the championship. Uh, I, I would have taken somebody else because I'm not personally that high on Ridley. For me, I think I would I would have definitely went Allen Robinson, uh, Adam Thielen, or even Cortland Sutton uh, over Ridley. But I, I mean, I don't hate it if that's if that's your strategy. Much like the two tight ends, if your strategy is to build a real stack, uh, I, I recently saw something on Twitter. People talking about a stack is not two players. A stack is three players, two players as a pair. Well, I know we conventionally think stacking two players is a stack, but going with the two wide receivers uh, and Ryan, I do think that that does add risk to the mix. Um, but I don't hate it if, if you've got the belief in the players. I mean, we had, you know, I, I thought Ridley would be a solid wide receiver too this year, so I don't hate it either. I probably would have diversified a little bit, but I think he was trying to grab players that he thought were good values where they fell. All right, so Evans goes here. Uh, another little QB run with Breeze, Rodgers, and Stafford. Not not bad at all. Probably the next couple guys I would have gone. Um, I do have one, or I'll let Matt give his Aaron Jones talk because I have another bone to pick with Tony really quick here. Although I, or, oh. I'm not a big it's not a it's not a bad thing, I guess. Uh, it is a little bit actually. I take that back. But go ahead. <laughs> no. Okay. okay. Every, every week, apparently, apparently, our mission every week is just to see how far we can push Tony and still have him come back. I have a question for him is I'm curious based on something we've talked about before. So, it, it, okay. I, I, I get that, Jonathan. Yeah. I just, I don't know for me. Let's I think just I do it. Just tell me, just tell what me what, what's the question. What's What is okay. it? You're all on Allen Robinson and yet you pass him up for Cooper cup. What the hell, man? I know. What the I hell? Know. You keep talking about a Robbie and this, this absolute stud. Oh my but then God. Cooper cup. I'm just curious. That's all. I'm not. I'm not dogging on you. I would have. I would have gone a Rob over Cooper Cup. So I was curious on why you went Cup and and let Robinson keep going. The simple answer is peer pressure. That's the simple answer. <laughs> I've got a guy in my ear that I trust that says Alan Robinson crashed. Alan Robinson got drafted before Cooper Cup. You need to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Actually, Alan Robinson was four hundred four, and that was four hundred seven. No. Cooper Cup went. Cooper Cup went before Allen Robinson. What the hell is going on? No, he didn't. Oh, no, sorry. he did not. Oh, okay. Robinson went at four oh four. I'm looking at it right now. You asshole. You guys are no fun. This I would have taken Robinson. <laughs> Allen Robinson should have been my wide receiver one, motherfucker. And I said I was gonna take him number one. And I had some dude in my ear that I trust, by the way. His name's Daniel. I like him, but he's in my ear saying that Allen Robinson sucks and the Bears suck. And doesn't want anything to do with the Bears or Allen Robinson. And so constantly, like every single day. Listen, I've got Allen Robinson in every single league. So except first this one. one. Yeah, except yeah. for this one, because I couldn't get him in the fourth round. What was I supposed to so, do? It's a, uh, it's a super flex league. I had to take a quarterback. I had no choice. I took Matt well, Stafford in the third round. Was I supposed to take Allen Robinson and get stuck with no quarterback? Come on. Yeah, no, 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 Matt. Matt, Matt. No, no, Matt, Matt. You want to call me out, but listen here. I didn't even have a chance to draft Allen Robinson, and that's fucked up. That's fair. That's fair. I did not see that. I thought it was on the other way back around. No, I agree with the quarterback thing, but that's well, why I took Daniel Jones there, the and I did not. Matt, he's done too many dynasty 
rookie drafts I was looking at everything linear. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking. Yeah. I am looking at everything linear. It's it's a, it's a serious problem of mine. All right, so um, okay, Kenny, so, so Garrett, my third round. I'll, I'll do my third and fourth yeah. round. Yeah, go ahead. Pick real quick. So I was a hundred percent about to take Kenny Galladay because uh, I thought, hey, Thomas, Dak, Galladay, this is going to be pretty good. And I saw Aaron Jones was still there, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't go zero RB until, like, round 10, like normal. Maybe I should actually try to have a competitive, well-balanced team. So I ended up taking uh, Jones there. I felt pretty good about him falling. All all the things Tony said about Hilaire having an opportunity to run and catch passes, I think, goes even more so for Jones on a team where they have two good offensive skill position players, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, who figure to be heavily involved. I don't think he'll get 19 touchdowns again, but I I think he's going to get plenty of volume. And then in round four, it's simple. I just thought, what would Dennis Bennett do? And I drafted Mark. Andrews. Draft fucking Mark Andrews is what he would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, I mentioned I reached on quarterback here, kind of like Tony. I don't want to say reached on Matt Stafford, but at what you were just saying, you felt like you had to because of the way the quarterbacks are running. Same thing for me there at Daniel Jones. I'll be honest. I was going to take Baker. He went before me. So I still like Daniel Jones. I think he's got a lot of upsides. Went there. And I know this next one broke Matt's heart. Uh, but I needed a wide receiver one, and it was, it was between him and Allen Robinson. And I was like, you know what? Fuck everybody in this draft because they're pissing me off. So I did go Cortland Sutton just to kind of, <laughs> unfortunately, just you know, twist the knife in a little bit there, Matt, because I was getting pissed off with the way people were drafting. Uh, so I did take Cortland Sutton, uh, Leonard Fournette, Jared Goff, A-Rob, Adam Thielen, as Matt just mentioned, uh, Mark Andrews. Cooper Cup. Cup- wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait time right. out, time out. Allen Robinson is a wide receiver one. That's all. Go yes. ahead. Keep going. Oh, yeah. You are correct. He should have gone before Cooper Cup. That's all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing he with you. He did go before Cooper Cup. I read should have gone before OBJ. I apologize. Uh, so, Zach Ertz, Waller there. That kind of makes sense. And as I mentioned earlier when I was asking about Jonathan's team, Ridley. Uh, so, actually, I was reading Wait that. Wait a minute. I'm going to ask you another wrong. question. I want to yeah. ask the group. I want to ask the group this question. So I took Cooper Cup at 407 as my first wide receiver. Should I have taken? Should I have considered Zach Ertz or Darren Waller? I thought about a tight end at that spot because I knew that was the end of the tier. I took Cooper Cup because of the touchdowns and because of the upside. But I want to know your opinion on the Cooper Cup pick versus taking a tight end there in a tight end. I would have. You should have taken DJ Moore, but had um so. For me, Tony, if Matt had not taken Mark Andrews, I probably would have considered Mark Andrews there. Uh, but I don't think Ertz and Waller are going to be that much of a difference between those guys below them. And you got a guy that I'm really uh, – no, never mind. That was Matt. God, fan. Um, yeah, you got Hooper. I don't, I'm not big on Hooper. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't have. No, Ertz, I would have I would have kept going with Cup. I'm, I would have been fine with that. If Andrews okay. fell off. Andrews, but that's I, it. I don't hate Ertz at the 407 at all. I, I, I think Ertz is still gonna be a very prominent part of the Eagles passing game. Uh, he, he, the, you're probably looking at this might be the beginning of the end for him, but he's still gonna get be in the 110, 120 target range. He, he's, he's the, the number one there, even with Jalen Rager coming in, it's still Ertz at the top of the um, target tree there. So I wouldn't have hated the Ertz pick because I think you get 
a little bit more, uh, you know, to me, there's a, there's a separation between Ertz and Waller. I think there's a separation between Andrews and Ertz as well. Um, so I wouldn't, would not have hated the Ertz pick at 407. I think I'm glad I didn't do it. When I look at, I, I, I agree with your, your, I mean, I don't know about picking Cleveland's tight end too in the eighth round. That's puzzling, but that's the problem. That's the catch. That's that. that that's the problem. Is that I I I chose to pass, and 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 I think I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to pay for that. That's what that's what's going to come. That's what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't say you're going to pay for it. I just uh, I think I'm I'm kind of with Dennis. I wouldn't have gone Austin Hooper. I, I would have probably taken some, but we're not also we're not big on Hooper. You could be, and then that wouldn't be an issue. I I don't think Hooper's going to have quite a big year as other people do. So I'm not big I'm on not Hooper. Big I'm worried about tight ends. I'm I'm not big on Hooper. I'm worried. Yeah. All right, so after that, um, so Ridley, so I apologize on the Jonathan thing. Again, me reading the draft board wrong here. I would have definitely gone DJ Moore over Calvin Ridley. Those other guys, you couldn't have taken because they were already gone. Uh, Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, I think solid picks. I wouldn't have taken any of the other guys behind him. Jonathan Taylor, though, was interesting for me. Um, I would have loved to get him or got him had he come back around. But again, I think he's going to be a top 12 running back, so getting him there, uh, in the fifth round or set sixth round, fifth round, uh, I think it's a steal there for Jonathan. Really kind of shores up that RB two spot for him. You know, nothing really big stands out to me here in that next round. Uh, I mean, Tony, you went David Montgomery. Was that that was your second running or first running back uh, for you? That was, that was my third running back. My third, okay. my theory in redraft leagues is to take as many running backs with upside as fast as I can, and I'll I'm fill in the holes that. with everything else. Which is why I was. We talked about this before. That's why I was left with Austin Hooper. Is because he's just what was left over after I did running back, running back, running back. I mean, yeah. yeah. All right. So then, Matt, you went a little bit of a homer pick there and taken Drew Locke. Uh, was there any other question for you there, or do you know you were like you had taken Dak earlier? You said you knew you were kind of locked in on taking a QB there in the two. Were you kind of locked in on taking a QB here in the fifth round, or was it just one of those things where he fell? You weren't sure how many other quarterbacks were going to go as we're about to find out a shit ton went. Uh, so it was just one of the things where you took him before you thought something bad might happen. Yeah, 100%. I was locked in on taking Drew Locke. If somebody would have taken him in front of me, I might not have taken a quarterback. All right, so then he goes Melvin Gordon. Quarterback 17, Fantasy Pros has him. His current ADP is uh, quarterback. Uh, wait, that's Tyler. Excuse me. Uh, has him at quarterback 22. So it was a little bit of a reach, but I mean, at that point, it's get your guy. I think when you get into the eighth or fifth, sixth, seventh round, you're good. That's when you start to reach a little bit. So yeah. I, I don't hate it. I mean, you stacked him yeah, with you yeah, 14, 14 team league, as we pointed out earlier. So this is really, at this point, probably a round or two later, too, as well, with the extra picks going in there. So uh, it's more of like a sixth, seventh round pick. And I, I don't hate it either. I, I would have taken him over Jimmy G, Gardner. Cam's interesting just because of the rushing upside, but I, I still would have taken him over those guys. So I, I don't hate the pick at all. Juju, I think, uh, interesting pick for here. So, so for me on Shibuti, this is probably where I would have tried to have gone a running back instead of taking Juju because of him waiting on the running back. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I would have probably gone running back there. 
AJ Brown Chark, I went Landry. I just wanted to secure a, I, I kind of doubled up on wide receivers. I didn't like the running backs that were sitting right there, hoping someone else would fall. And as you guys are about to see a whole bunch of running backs and quarterbacks kind of go here, it messes up. It messed up my whole strategy, but I grabbed Landry and McLaurin just because I wanted to kind of secure my wide receiver room. I felt like having Sutton Landry and McLaurin were three guys I could start every single week and know I'm going to get at worst likely wide receiver two upside from all three of them. So, so how, how many flexes in this league? That's a question for you, Matt, since I don't pay attention to the rules. <laughs> um, I, I have to look it up. I think three, three, I including three. super we, flex or three we, plus we, super flex. No, three plus super flex. We start 10. Okay. okay. Uh, so then as I mentioned, that QB run goes, we saw Jimmy G Gardner, Minshew, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, and Kirk Cousins all go in that next round. Just a couple players mixed in there. Obviously James Connor, Noah Fant went to Matt Tony took his second quarterback, which has been Roethlisberger. I got my, I got my stack. You took stole my receiver, but I did my second, second best receiver stack. What was your receiver? Because mine was Jarvis Landry. Like that pissed me off. I was pissed. Sutton. I, so. Yeah, I was shitty when he picks when he picks Landry. I was fucking shitty. I'm just waiting for you. Well, I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of surprised he fell to me. I was hoping I could get. I was going Landry there once I knew he was gonna fall. I was hoping Chark would fall to me as well. He didn't, so I went McLaurin. I don't. I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, CD Lamb here, I thought was a little bit of a reach to Ricky. I, I do think he's gonna have a good season, but there's quite a few guys that went behind him that are more proven. I would have gone over CD Lamb. I know he's big on Lamb, but I, I felt, felt felt that was kind of a little bit of a reach. Uh, in my opinion, uh, you guys have anything else in that round you, you want to comment on, or should you keep on moving? No, no I, just, I don't think draft. going uh, CD Lamb. Uh, what's that? Mm. Two two rounds in front of Michael Gallup. I don't I don't think I'd yeah. buy that. I definitely well, that's think going, next next year in, in Dynasty maybe, but this is redraft. I think next year maybe Lamb and uh, uh, Gallup might swap positions in the draft order. But right now, taking Lamb, uh, I, I don't think the expectations of their production is Lamb is going to outperform Gallup by two rounds worth of production. No, I agree with you. And that's and I, well, even in redrafts, he's going way ahead of Gallup. Gallup has taken a hit big time, dynasty and redraft since Lamb went there. And that's where I'm, I'm with you. I would much rather take Michael Gallup because I think he's going to outproduce Lamb and you're getting him two rounds later. Quick uh, question. Evan, quick question. If, if AJ Green is healthy, is six thirteen too late? No. Oh uh, yes, too late. Yes, I think I would have taken him above CD Lamb. I would have probably taken him over Terry McCorn. Would you I, take I, him? A, what, let, let me ask you. Let me. Let's assume AJ Green is healthy. Would you take him above Stefan Diggs? Yes. Would you take him above DJ Moore? Yes. Would you take him above Robert Woods? Assuming he's healthy, healthy. Uh, yeah, probably. Cooper Cup. Yeah, probably. Adam, Adam Thielen. <clears throat> I think that's kind of where I'd put it. I'd, I'd question it. If you're going backwards, I see where you're going. I wouldn't take him over A Rob. So Adam Thielen would kind of be the coin flip one for me. What about you, uh, Matt Dennis? And you, Tony? What about you guys? I would, uh, assuming he's healthy. I would take him. I like Allen Robinson, so I'd take him right after Allen Robinson. Okay. Yeah, I, I would probably. I, I think Green going 
where he did is probably – I'd take him over Diggs because I think he's going to get substantially more volume. Um, I'd probably I, – I, I can make the case for taking him over Lockett because I think uh, he could – while Lockett is probably going to have decent volume, uh, I think that uh, uh, the big dude Metcalf is going to uh, – really score a bunch of touchdowns there. Uh, I I like green if he's healthy, you know, I, but I don't know if I believe he's going to be healthy all season. Uh, I think him and Boyd, if he is healthy, they make a great one, two punch um, much like Julio and Calvin or OBJ and Landry. Uh, you know, th- that's really uh, a great combination to have. So. I, uh, for me, I didn't assume he wouldn't be healthy when I was doing it. I'm more comfortable with him possibly being a wide receiver too, but setting at wide receiver three. Uh, All right, so Evan Ingram was uh, was that next guy off the board there. Uh, Makes sense. I think if he stays healthy, kind of like what you were just talking about, AJ Green, uh, he could be good. Tyler Boyd, Johnson, Ingram, Marquise, Hollywood Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Julian Edelman, Tony, you went Kareem Hunt here. Again, was that just you kind of building out that running back room like you talked about earlier? Yeah, I don't have – this is my first piece of Kareem Hunt. Like, it's the first time I've got him on my team, and I love it. I'm excited. I The last – what was it? Last five weeks of the year, last six weeks of the year, he was, like, top 12 yeah. without – with like, with, with Nick Chubb. So, I'm excited about it. My thought about Kareem Hunt was – He's my fourth running back, and I can stop looking at running backs after Cream Hunt. Like, I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm done. I'm good to go, and I think he's got RB1 upside. God forbid anything happens to Nick Chubb. I, I would never wish that in a million years, but if that happened, Cream Hunt would be, what, RB3? Would that shock you? No. No, I, I agree with you. I was actually talking to someone about that today in our in our keeper league. He decided to keep Kareem Hunt, who he drafted in the eleventh round last year, all, purposely because he knew he was probably going to keep him. And that's what I told him. I was like, "Dude, that's a, it's a great keeper for you because if something were to happen to Nick Chubb, you instantly have at worst probably a top five uh, back that you're getting to keep in the eleventh round, and he's still going to have value even if nothing happens, which we Forever. all yeah. hope happens." Uh, so then, Matt, you went Raheem Mostert here. That was your first back. Was that just kind of, the, in all honesty, that was the, my on the board? Sec- going to be the bell count? That was, my, that was my second running back. I have Aaron Jones. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, was that just more um, of the but- last bell cow kind of thing? Because a lot of these guys going after are not not bell cows, or not going to like yeah. the team. Mostert has been a guy I've enjoyed uh, snagging uh, late, you know, um, Obviously, he did well in the consistency guide. I think getting the contracts worked out. He has a great opportunity. The reason that they were uh, moving on from Matt Breida, I think, is because uh, they they like what they have in Mostert. I thought that was a, a good option to grab as my RB2. Uh, so then Parker... See, this, again, back when uh, I'll just – as I was talking about with Shibuti's team, why I would have gone running back earlier because then he ends up having to go J.K. Dobbins and Ronald Jones. You know, Ronald Jones may end up being the guy there, but I don't see J.K. having a huge year unless something happens to Mark Ingram. So counting on him to be your running back one I think is a little bit of a stretch. Yes. Uh, Swift – go ahead. No, yes, I was agreeing with you, yes. Oh. 
Uh, so Sam Darnold goes, and I went. Um, am I looking at this wrong? I okay, no. Uh, so I, that's why I went Teddy Bridgewater here. Uh, I just after that huge quarterback run went, I knew I needed to get another quarterback because I did not like a lot of the guys that were left on the board. Knew I needed to get a guy that I could I could plug in almost every single week. Was ho- I should have just taken Curtis Samuel here because again I mentioned I wanted to get a double up. But I, lo- I really think Brandon Cooks is going to have a good year this year. For him to still be sitting on the board, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and I- I'm going to keep I'm, I'm going to go Brandon Cooks as much as I wanted Curtis Samuel. I thought he might fall to me in the next round with the way wide receivers were falling. And Brandon Cooks, I think, is going to have a phenomenal year. Um, after that, Gallup, Akers, Ronald Jones, Hunter, Henry, Marvin Jones. This is where Tony went Hooper. We talked about earlier. Higby. Kirk, Jordan Howard, which is a solid pick. I really like Jordan Howard. Uh, he's the last bell cow I think that was left on the board. Still think he's going to get a lot of run. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Debo Samuel. Coming back around, Marlon Mack, Hayden Hurst. Yes, Jaded, Jared Cook, Deontay Johnson, Denzel Mims. Thoughts on that? Because I'm kind of, as I've mentioned, out on a lot of the rookies this year, just because I don't think a lot of them are going to do that good. I think Brandon Ayuk may be good. I would have gone him there. Would have gone Darius Slayton, which, by the way, fuck you, Tony, because that was, that was the other guy I was trying to get to double up with my Daniel Jones thing, which didn't work out. Sorry, uh, bro. Preston Williams, who uh, – De- uh, not Dennis, but you were channeling your inner, inner Dennis there, Matt, and taking Preston Williams. Like, easily would have gone all three of those guys over Denzel Mims. So, you guys' thoughts on Mims going there? I don't – I, I don't know that there's going to be much difference between Mims and Ayuk this year. Um, they're both going to be in low-volume offenses and have some potential, but uh, I, I wouldn't have taken either of them over Slayton or Williams or Mike Williams uh, for that matter. So it's, you know, it, it's a could be as my, let's see, one, two, three, four. So Mims is his wide receiver five. I guess there you're looking for upside once you get to that point. It's, you know, but looking at his team, he's got one. He drafted what, three, four, uh, five, six. He drafted six rookies in like his last eight picks or nine picks. They're worth a roll roll of the dice, I guess. But given this offseason, I, I don't know how much I, I would have spent on rookies. Hey, Tony, you want to – I know you got to go. You want to uh, say anything before you head out? Yeah, I want to say something. I got you all with Cole Beasley. What about Cole Beasley in the 20 – what it. was that? What's our last pick? What was the last one? 18, 18 right? so 17. In the 17th round, I took Cole Beasley. That's a wide receiver three, guys. I mean, come on. When we think about everything going on in Buffalo, I understand. Listen, Stefan Diggs moves to Buffalo – John Brown's there. Like, we got a lot of things to talk about, but Cole Beasley's role is the least affected by the whole thing. And he fell all the way to the 17th round. I am mind blown by this. His back was hurt, so that's part of it. He had an injury and he was on IR or whatever, whatever the preseason injury list is. That's what it was. But guys, Cole Beasley is a player. I'm just telling you, when you go into your redraft leagues, Cole Beasley is a player that people are sleeping on, and especially in PPR. I expect him to gobble up these targets. Stefan Diggs is not a threat to Cole Beasley. I mean, he's just not. 
as a matter of fact, Stefan Diggs enhances Cole Beasley. And to know that he's being just completely disrespected, that he's falling all the way down. If you're in a, if you're in a PPR league, I would beg you to draft Cole Beasley with your last pick. If now, if it's standard scoring, I'm not saying the same thing. Standard scoring league, maybe don't consider him because I can't count on him to score the touchdowns, but I know he's going to get the receptions. So for me, Cole Beasley is a wide receiver too that I drafted in the fucking 17th round. Like I have wide receivers to spend because I have Cole Beasley on my bench. So that's what I'm trying to say. If, if you're in a redraft standard scoring league, let, let him fly. I'm not saying, I'm not saying get crazy here. I don't anticipate major touchdowns, but he's going to gobble up targets. So please don't disrespect Cole Beasley. That's what I'm trying to say. Anything else? Any, should, any guys? should we touch on your 11th and 12th round picks? Because those were. Okay, years. let's go ahead. I'm ready. 11th, I'm ready. Or 11th and 12th. Nick Foles and Mr. Bisky. I, I don't oh, find Lord. it. You're securing, you're, securing the, uh, you're securing the Chicago back or backfield, Chicago quarterback yeah. position. Listen, I, I hate I Superflex. I'll tell you right now, I don't like Superflex. Superflex pisses me off. I don't enjoy it. I'm angry every time I play a Superflex league. That's just what it is. I would prefer to draft a quarterback in the 15th round. Like, that's just who I am. So I took Stafford and Roethlisberger. And to be honest with you, I don't love either of them. So I had to get another quarterback. I Look, had to. I have, the way I like it, too, is you're tangential to, to your man crush, Alan Rod- Robinson, because while you don't have Robinson, you can still get credit for his – touchdowns if you have one of those guys in there. That's exactly right. That's why I did it. It's because of Alan Robinson. You are so right. Yes! That's exactly why. Because no matter who's throwing him the touchdowns, I get the points. Okay. There you go. All right. I gotta get out of here, guys. Thank you for having me. I See really, you, Tony. Really, really love being here. Thank you, guys. See you later. See ya. Alright, so, so rolling through here... Um, you know, like I said, uh, I, I was hoping, as I mentioned, Darius Slayton would fall to me. Uh, Tony did yeah, take it. Then- going back to your Mims thing, I just realized Crowder went almost a full round after Mims. Yeah. Which it's even more unexplainable because no matter, even if you thought Mims was going to kind of be the breakout as opposed to Perriman, it's hard to argue with the idea that Crowder is going to be the best receiver there and the best PPR value. Yeah, well, and that's what I said. Like, I don't have an issue with taking rookies. I just feel like, I mean, Darius Slayton, Preston Williams, then you got Mike Williams, Jamison Crowder, Ant- uh, I think probably I draw the line of Anthony Miller, but I would have taken all those guys over over Denzel Mims at that point. I'm just, I'm, for me, I would have faded that. I would have gone those other guys. But uh, so coming back around, uh, we saw, let's see here, was that James White, uh, John New Smith, where for me, it took White just because I'm hoping for a little bit of PPR upside. I was just trying to grab some some running backs at that point because a lot of them had already gone. John New Smith, I've talked about before. I'm really big on John New Smith this year. That was my first tight end I grabbed. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge year. So I think, I, I for me, I got a steal there at that point, getting him as late as I did for a guy I think is going to be a top 12 tight end. Uh, Eric Ebron, Antonio Gibson, was that Devonta Freeman? Perplexed on the Devonta Freeman pick right there. Thoughts? 
apparently yeah. he's asking for too much money because everybody but him is signing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it, it, it's a gamble. Um, even if he does sign, you know, he didn't look great last year. And yeah, I suppose you can say, oh, it was injuries or whatnot. But um, I, I think sometimes, you know, you just come to the end of the road. And, and I think uh, we're there with Freeman. There's still rumors he's going to go to Washington. I think that's why he's kind of creeped up in ADP again. But uh, Jacob not only took Freeman there, but two uh, two rounds later in the 12th, I believe, went went for Antonio Brown. So he's kind of, you know, hoping maybe one of those guys catches on and, and lands. Um, it's a gamble, but it's deep of a league. You take those chances. So, well, the one thing I'll say is I, I can understand the Devonta Freeman one because if he signs, you're likely looking at maybe – I mean, if he signs anywhere between now and the next couple of weeks, you're likely going to have him by week one or week two. Antonio Brown suspended for eight games. Like, you're not getting him back anytime soon. So, for me, that's a huge reach in the 12th round. I'd, I, if he was still there like the 15th or 16th, okay, I'll take him. But you're not getting him back till maybe week 10. Because if he's suspended for eight weeks, you're likely looking at at least probably a week to get back into football shape. Because I believe once you're suspended, you can't be in um, you can't be in the facility. So he's not going to be able yeah. to be there. He comes back, maybe it well, takes him a week. So you're getting him week unless, ten. Unless he signs in the next week or so, he will literally have had no time with whatever team he's with yeah. before he comes back. I think that would be the most alarming for me. It's not like you know people forget Brown played one game and was with two different teams uh, last year, but he had a huge long layoff there, you know, going to new systems, playing catch with Russell Wilson in his backyard is not the same as preparing for the NFL season. We don't know NFL wise where he is in preparation. All right. So keeping through the 10th year, um, you know, a bunch of Peterson, Cohen, Judy, Madison, Mantha, uh, Miller, Jordan, love, Irv Smith, Jr., Going back into the 11th, John Brown, T. Higgins, Henry Rugg, Zach Moss, Lynn Bowden Jr. I thought was an interesting pick there. I, I wouldn't have taken him. Uh, maybe they're just looking for a little bit of PPR upside. Rager, Doyle, uh, Foles, Sterling Shepard. I thought that was great. Another pick by you there, Matt. Yep, again, well, that was me, again, channeling my what would Dennis do. I had watched Shepard kind of drop and drop and drop. If I think some of these guys – People are getting scared off by their injury history. I know Shepard has struggled to stay on the field, but I think we all thought he could he could be a really solid receiver for them. That was part of the reason that they were okay with letting OBJ get traded was they they liked Shepard, they liked their potential. So I thought for I ended up accidentally waiting on receiver quite a bit. So for him to be my wide receiver four, I felt pretty good about. Yeah, and like I said, I, I was hoping he would fall to me that round. He was the other guy I was trying to target to, to do my double up because I didn't get anybody to double up on my team. Um, so, Sony Michelle, Shibuti takes Damian Harris. This is He goes on like a huge run of running backs here, which I understand. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, because of the, the route he took with his quarterbacks, and he was stacking so many quarterbacks, he kind of hurt himself at the running back position. So, I'm just going to kind of go through his list real quick. Antonio Gibson, Damian Harris, Tony Pollard, Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn, Reichel, Armstead, and Jamal Williams. Just trying to, in my opinion, you're probably going all those guys to just hope one of those guys uh, hits. Are you surprised Vaughn went so late? Uh, because, you know, earlier in the offseason, he was going much 
earlier, does it seems like people are afraid of LeSean I McCoy. I think because of the um, the Ronald Jones news is why he he went so late. I I was I would have gone him. I should have gone him in the 14th round, but he because of the way he kept falling, I thought maybe he'd fall one more round, so I just kept letting him go. I would have taken him where I took Bryce Love, but I, I he ended up going, obviously. So uh, I went Tevin Coleman there in the 11th round. Same thing. I was just kind of looking for running back who has a chance to do something at this point, and I think, obviously, if Mostert gets hurt, especially with Breida being gone, Coleman will get a lot of run. When Emmanuel Sanders, here's where I just – well, we talked about a little bit about him – being there in New Orleans, the best kind of two there with uh, Michael Thomas and probably the best two Drew Brees has had in a while as well. So I like his upside being I don't even know what well, wide receiver. Hey, hey Matt, in, in yeah. your quest to stack with Daniel Jones, how come you didn't go for Golden Tate? I mean, um, when he came back, he was he, he played really, really well when he came back from suspension. I think, on all honesty, at that point, once Sterling Shepard went, I just kind of said, fuck it. I didn't care anymore. Like, I was, there were certain guys that I was targeting, and it was just, I don't know. I did not like this draft at all. Like, I think at the end, I like my team for the most part, but throughout the draft, I kept getting so frustrated that I just kind of gave up on, on, I think once we got to the James White pick, I had pretty much just given up because Darius Slayton was the guy that I was really hoping for. He's he's a guy I've seen fall until like the 11th and 12th round, and so I was like, dude, I'm I'm just gonna I'm reaching and I'm taking for taking him here in the ninth. And then he went to Tony. And I was like, I'm done. I don't care anymore. Like I just kind of gave up. It's probably not the right attitude to have, but that was kind of the the way I I, I I handled it. Well, when you add those 13th and 13th and 14th rounds in there, that's basically the 11th round, 12th round. Right, yeah. So I mean, it's you, just, you, have, you have to compensate for that. Yeah, you don't have to compensate for nothing. We were drafting with amateurs, and they 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 beat me. I'll just put it that way. Uh, so keep going here into the twelfth. I mean, there's not much going. I think not a lot of. Is you guys seen anything interesting that jumps off to you on these bottom rounds? Like a lot of it's, a, in my opinion, a lot of dart throws. I Man, I did like getting. Chris Herndon in the 13th. I mean, we're all, I think all of us are kind of high on him. I thought Njoku going in the 13th as well was kind of a steal. Uh, both those guys, I think, could easily be really good tight ends, especially with the tight end premium numbers. So to be able to get Herndon there, I liked um, liked being able to get Bryce Love in the 15th as well. He's a guy that I think could. I was hoping to get Armstead as well in that turnaround. He went, those are two guys that I'm really kind of high on for late end running backs that I would stash that I think could jump up. Outside of those guys, though, I'm not – nothing's really standing out to me. Your guys' thoughts on any of these these last picks before we get out of here. I like Earl of Dynasty grabbing Joshua Kelly in the 14th. Uh, DeAndre Washington could be sneaky for him as well. Chris Conley in the se- 17th round, that's yeah. a great pick. And, and I think Steve Sims in Washington, you know, he could end up being yeah. that number two that they're looking for, working out of the slot. And Daryl Henderson, I know we all want to say, oh, it's Cam Akers, it's Cam Akers, it's Cam Akers. But I would not be surprised one bit if – Did you see Henderson was running with the ones on hard knocks? Yeah, but I, I don't put a whole lot of, you know, weight into that. They're, you know, he's the veteran. They're going to give the veteran, uh, you know, deferential treatment at the beginning, uh, especially at the beginning of camp. Um I, I like the way that uh, Kanan's team turned out. You know, he started off strong with the Kansas City stack. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Lockett, Debo Samuel when he gets healthy. 
his 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 wide receivers do drop off a bit, and uh, Duke Johnson uh, in in the thirteenth could be a real uh, a, a real sneaky one. Uh, you know, Michelle grabbing two fullbacks in the sixteenth and seventeenth or 15th and 16th, you know, that might present some uh, issues. Uh, and having Jordan Love as her second quarterback, you know, that, that might be an opportunity. You know, she's going to need to start working the trades. What uh, the hell? Hang on. I hate to interrupt you really quick. Are you guys looking at the draft board? Right? No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Look at my pick at 13-4. And then tell me if I'm seeing this right. No, I just noticed that too. Captain Crunch selected Chris Herndon in the. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, crap. Yeah, that's interesting. If you click on it, it pops up as duplicate player. Huh. I wonder if somebody added. Did you have to add him and then he got added by the system? I don't think so. That's That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, the commissioner is going to have to fix that. Fortunately, there's three of us. Yeah. Um, I will say you. I do not take part in commissioning this league at all. It's you. It's all you and Tony. I do want to give credit really quick. Uh, He did. There you go, Dennis. All those. A lot of those players you were talking about were that was that was Matt channeling his inner Dennis with the. uh, Uh, what's it? Darrell Henderson, Stephen Sims, and Chris Conley. Those were all those, those were all on Matt's team. Yeah. Well, and he grabbed his boy Philip Lindsay, so he does have the true stack with uh, Locke, Fant, and Lindsay. You know, I will admit. Um, so, I do like Dawson Knox, uh, and you know, your your effusive praise of Dawson Knox convinced me to go that way, but also at that point in time was when I realized that I had taken two great tight ends that both have the same, same bye, week. bye week. Yeah. And I was like, Don't you hate that? kidding me. Yeah, I'm going to so, be honest. I didn't get at bye week at all on there. Um, so I will say I did like Ricky's pick of Quintez Cephas. He's a guy that I know we've talked a little bit about could, uh, could have a really interesting role there in Detroit. So to get him the 17th round, I think was a, was a good pick as well. <laughs> About Quintus Cephas, I think today. Yeah, you had an yeah, article come out. Yeah. I saw that it dropped out. Yeah, dropped today. Yeah, so I like that pick in the seventeenth round. So, outside of that, very interesting, uh, interesting draft. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, I'm just gonna kind of put you guys on the spot. So if you don't have one, I can go first. Uh, do you have a specific redraft strategy that you like to kind of take uh, going in? Now, everybody obviously pivots based on the way the drafts go, but is there a certain way you like to go in? Uh, to a redraft um, draft room. Are you talking any specific format? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, I'll just, like, so for mine, like, I talked about either, regardless, but the Superflex one we just did, or I was talking to you guys earlier in our group chat about uh, my home dynasty where I was trying to figure out where I wanted to pick, and I ended up going with pick two. Like, I'm still trying to go heavy RB early. I'm trying to go, you know, as we talked about, I know CMC and Barkley are gone, so I'm probably going to go Zeke there. And then when it comes back around to me, I'm probably still going to go running back unless – Someone amazing at wide receiver falls just because I want to be in the running back business this year. I feel like wide receiver is so deep. You're seeing guys like Adam Thielen going in the fourth or fifth round that could still be a wide receiver one. Give me those running backs early because I think that drop off is a lot steeper from running back to wide receiver. Yeah, I, I think uh, you can have a plan. 
I, I typically will go in. So in redraft right now, I'm looking at where am I drafting? If I'm at the beginning of the draft, then I'm looking at, you know, McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, Cook. Uh, and if I'm in the back half, I'm looking at Chubb, Mixon, uh, Drake, in, in that, that area. I'm trying to grab at least two. And then when I get – if I'm picking early and, and I'm at the end of the second round, then I'm I'm hoping for somebody like Drake or Sanders or Eckler to fall to me. You know, I've seen Sanders go 107, 108 in some drafts now. He, he's starting to get pretty hot. But if I can stack up three running backs in the first three rounds – even in Superflex, uh, unless I'm, unless I decide to go, well, I just want I'm, I want to I'm going to go QB early because I haven't done that strategy in a while. Um, then I, then I might go quarterback, but for the most part, even in Superflex, I'm not looking quarterback until fourth or fifth round for my first quarterback. Yeah, Superflex, I like to get a, a quarterback, you know somewhat earlier by the second or third round. Uh, you know, I was just worried about runs. Sometimes it's the size of the league. So with it being 14, I definitely was leaning that way. But mostly I've been trying to do kind of best player uh, available. I, you know, you guys have drafted with me before. I, I tend to uh, best Bronco not, available. Not, not go for running backs as early as most people. I actually, I had to fight my, my every impulse in my body to draft uh, Aaron Jones in the third round. I was like, what an incredible value. Now I'm going to take holiday anyway. And I'm like, no, I'm going to screw myself. Yeah. If I don't do this. Like, well, I'm, I'm, that, I'm usually, I'm usually in, like uh, that Scott Pitbull, I was almost zero RB. That's why I ended up having yeah. to be the highest drafter of Ronald Jones. Scott mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say I'm the same way. Like, I just think, for me this year, I'm kind of going heavy RB because, like I said, that that drop off for me, I think it's pretty steep. Where you can get such good wide receiver, it's going to be hard for me too. Like if, say, in this draft, it comes back around and I've got a Odell, Juju, Kenny Galladay, and then Jonathan Taylor sitting there, it's going to be really hard for me to pass on those three wide receivers and take Jonathan Taylor. But it's one of those things where, like, I really want to get a a high end running back one and two if possible and then kind of worry about hitting wide receivers. I still think you can get a lot of those really good guys uh, throughout there and then just kind of build in some dart throw running backs. But that's just me. Dennis, you have anything you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, no. I think it's been a great – you guys did pretty well in the draft. It's, it's going to be uh, pretty, pretty interesting in, uh, you know, what is it? We have three weeks or four weeks till the start of the season and then yeah, 16 okay. weeks so. 20 weeks from now when uh, my mom, Michelle, is accepting her championship trophy. I know. It's just like well, yeah, uh, I'm already projected to get my ass kicked. So, I mean, there's that. That's all right. I have already, uh, I, as I told uh, Ricky, you know, we're going to do our uh, pick skin pick em pool. I fully expect Kenzie, who's never followed football, is going to beat all of us because that's what happens every year when I pick against my wife. I don't know. I might, I might just go against the Browns every week this year to kind of build my wins up since that's what's going to be. This is going to be the year they go 12 and 4. Right. That's fine. That's fine. Royals reverse the jinx, baby. 
All right, so we Dennis, will be I back. I know you're being uh, diplomatic, Dennis, but it's okay to say that one of us did better than the other in the draft. One, one of you did better than the other. <laughs> uh, we will be back on Monday. We will have a all um, all conference preview next week. We will be doing the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens on Monday, and then the Browns and Bengals on Thursday to kind of knock out our previews. Before we finish up doing everything as we get, again, closer and closer to the season. Not sure yet when we're going to start going to three to four days a week. It'll probably be the week of the season. I know someone asked me about that uh, the other day. Uh, we'll probably still do two episodes a week for the next couple weeks, and then maybe the week before the week of the season we'll jump back into to more of them. But we will see you guys again on Monday. Everybody have yourselves a good weekend. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Who can make a break? I can! Who can make a break? I can!